is Mukhtar in front of the back line. Right footed, sends the keeper the wrong way, sends Nashville into the lead. 22 for the season, the golden boot leader, the MVP front runner, Nashville SC1. Well, a win streak broken for Nashville SC, but Heine Mukhtar continues his MVP pace. Welcome to the Club and Country podcast, the podcast of record for Nashville SC coverage. From the two people who cover the club longer than anyone in their respective disciplines, I am Nashville SC radio voice, Wes Bowling. And I am Tim Sullivan, the proprietor of clubcountryusa.com. You heard Tony Husband's call on iHeartRadio of the 1-1 draw with LA Galaxy, a penalty-laden draw that uh, maybe wasn't the most exciting match or impressive match that Nashville has been a part of uh, this year. And by the way, let's just address it now. Uh, I was not on the radio call because it was a national TV game, and so Tony was always going to be on that call, but also because I was in the middle of Idaho, where I still am. So hello from the (laughs) Fairfield Inn & Suites uh, in the Boise Airport, surprisingly not a sponsor of this show. We'll give them the free shout. And if my audio sounds just a little bit off, I somehow decided not to take my podcast microphone into the Sawtooth Mountains and traipse around Idaho with it. So, Tim, you're you're the better sounding of us as always, but especially <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is no this is no this is no change from typical. Nothing new. Good. Nothing. <laughs> uh, three penalties in a game, only two converted, of course, as Chicharito's uh, Chicharito's dry spell continues, thanks in part to a good save by Joe Willis. Um, and the Galaxy Stars come to Nashville. Surely that probably brought a few extra people to, to the stadium to kind of check out what they were all about. They didn't really shine all that bright. Nashville did a pretty good job against them. They were on the back foot, though, for much of the game where Nashville. And, and, and while the 1-1 draw is, is disappointing for a team that was ahead until the 95th minute of a 95-minute game, essentially, it was, it was really a deserved result on the whole, wasn't it? Yeah, when you look at... Uh, a game in which there are three penalties, like you mentioned, and and you didn't get two of them and you still end up with a draw. You feel good when you look at how the run of play happened and see uh, that Nashville SC was on the back foot for pretty much the entire 90 minutes. Uh, you know, a, a couple bright moments, notwithstanding um, LA Galaxy pretty much controlled the game. That's something that you, you look at and you say, hey, we'll take this result. It's not it's not something that's going to make us happy, be- especially because of the way it played out. But, uh, you know, if you're if you're Gary Smith and uh, I was kind of surprised in the postgame press conference how upset he wasn't because I think he felt like he might have even gotten away with one, despite um, the fact that it looked like they were about to get away with all three points. And Nashville's played so well, of course, coming in with the four match win streak. You knew that the form was going to dip a little bit because this is Major League Soccer and that's just kind of how things go. And yet you look at the table, you see Nashville six points ahead of that Galaxy team. They are the playoff line right now. They are in eight. And, and it, you can't help but think, man, with three matches to go, with five to go for L.A., it would have been really nice to be up nine points instead of six. And it does leave that playoff door open just a little bit, despite a, a decent points tally at 46 that would get you there in most years. It, it's a situation where I, I certainly Nashville is going to look back at this and say, hey, that was an opportunity to do uh, a heck of a lot of stuff uh, that could have helped us in the table. I think they're going to regret games uh, against sporting Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. to go come back against Portland go way back to the beginning of the year and losing two nothing in, in Houston to it what has proven to be a terrible dynamo team that has fired <laughs> the coach that led them in that game I think those are the results that you look at and we talked about this when Nashville was in a in a an ignominious uh, losing streak uh, just a few weeks ago actually and it's it's kind of the the order of operations kind of makes it such that 
you know, it, it feels like this LA Galaxy game is the one that was so meaningful, but really it's the ones that happened earlier in the year. They've just kind of, uh, you know, kind of been washed over by the more recent events. In the early shout today, we will talk about Nashville SC's history and penalties. That'll be our gold nugget section. We'll break down the calls. Were they the right decisions? And speaking of decisions, two yellows for a key player, maybe the the only player that you would uh, want to be without less going to Austin <laughs> would be Hani Mukhtar. And that's even debatable, given what Austin is and has been at home. Uh, and he'll miss a crucial matchup this weekend. In the mailbag, we'll talk about the VR decision. We'll talk about both aspects of it. The penalty call on Walker Zimmerman. Crap, ruined the mystery of that tease. Uh, you guys watched the match. You knew it was up. <laughs> um, as well as the yellow card that comes with that and the process that led to that uh, decision. Also, we're going to talk a little bit of tactics too. Some some questions about, about what Nashville did on the field and uh, there may or may not be a Lord of the Rings reference uh, that, that <laughs> blummoxes absolutely both of us in every way, uh, but we'll we'll try to do what we can with that question too. And, then, and this is the, the time of year, you know, we've had hot Tim winter, um, we've had warm Tim spring. Uh, we need to diversify our our hashtags. What about when when outside end gets a little bit thicker toward the end of the year? I don't know if that's you know playoff picture fall. I don't know how that. We'll have to, we'll have to work if it's if it's not if it's not named after me I, i've i've got no uh, additional input in terms of a catchy name <laughs> that is uh, the vanity of of uh, the club and country twitter handle and website owner uh, right there at work uh no i'm with you um so we will, we will have an extended look at, at the playoff picture and a look at the east as well and, and really dive into that that playoff um scenario because nashville is in a good position in fourth place. And yet still it is a tight conference and they could find themselves on the outside looking in. And we'll talk about that as we go outside in, uh, but first club and country is sponsored by ML Rose. Tim, I've had a lot of burgers again in Idaho. It's been a very kind of low key event. A bunch of people taking their old Porsches that they've restored around the Sawtooth mountains while we were in a Ford Bronco awkwardly tooling around as the sponsor of the event. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but like it was kind of low key burger night every night. And They've been pretty decent burgers, I'm not going to lie. But every time I have a burger, it only makes me think of, of the one true burger in Nashville. And that, of course, is Rose. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously, um, ML Rose supports this podcast, so we support them as well. But it's it's not just what you're saying because you're, uh, because you're paid to do so. It's because it really is a, a legit burger and it's a legit place. All, all the more importantly, I don't think anywhere that you've had a burger uh, in, in Idaho that there has been a, a Nashville SC contingent in, in a a bar that is so supportive of Nashville SC, like ML Rose has been either. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's like a secret ML Rose uh, satellite campus out there. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've, they've spread out pretty far, but they've yet to come this far Northwest. Uh, I think, you know, Mount <laughs> Juliet is their outpost at, at this moment. And, and while um, Grangeville, Idaho is the Mount Juliet of um, central Idaho, I'm told uh, there is no ML Rose <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good crew this week, uh, you know, doing this auto rally thing. We've had a lot of fun, but, um, you know, I feel pretty far from home. And sometimes it's a good thing. The adventure is fun. I, I have loved every minute of it. But when you get back home, I can't wait to get back home, to walk into that bar, to see familiar faces. And even those faces that aren't familiar, wearing those familiar colors, the 8th Avenue location is, is an awesome spot. Um, that is you know, as, as good as the food and beer are. And how many hours have we spent at this point talking about the product? The people are just as good. And it's about that camaraderie and community. And that's why ML Rose wanted to, to sponsor this. So um, a little bit on the short side, this podcast will be today. I don't know why I said that like Yoda. 
Um, but uh, but we want to ha- extend those conversations with you in person at MLROs uh, here in, in the coming days. So uh, yeah, drop by the 8th Avenue MLROs location. When you think about Club and Country or Nashville SC, think about MLROs. Let's head down to the early shout. They have a chance to rescue a point here at Jonas Park through Ricky Pouge against Joe Willis. Right footed. And he scores. Willis got something on it, but it wasn't enough to prevent the Galaxy equalizing. Pouge has scored his second goal in Major League Soccer. And with the final kick of the game, he has secured an incredible point for the LA Galaxy here at Jonas Park. Nashville are denied a fifth straight victory in MLS. And what a way to finish this game. We had, I thought, some very nice openings that we didn't make the most of. We have in the last four games, and you know that's how the ebb and flow of of any fixture goes. We didn't make the most of our moments today, and therefore the game became very tight. You look back on the last four games; that had been a consolation for them today. It makes all the difference. And as we work towards what we hope will be a post-season berth, it's very, very important that all of the finer details and important moments uh, are executed in as as professional a fashion as possible. Um, He's unlucky. He comes to press the ball. The lad has a shot that today... It's him on the arm. Another day, it's him in the chest, the stomach, maybe another part of his body. And that's how, you know, your you, you luck can move one week and change the next. Sound from Tony Husband of LA Galaxy's equalizer deep into stoppage time that chased a penalty kick goal from Hani Mukhtar. And you heard Gary Smith's comments as well uh, about the quote unlucky nature of, of where Walker was. We'll talk about the, the call in just a little bit, but it certainly was a game changer uh, that allowed Galaxy to tie, despite the fact that Joe Willis had a key save that looked like it might ha- help Nashville hold on to that victory. Ricky uh, Puig, though, from the spot, help my pronunciation there. Pooch, I believe is what? Pooch. Pooch, yeah. thank you. I, I, I said it like Yasiel Puig, the former Dodgers player, Cuban uh, player, and Tony Husband got it right, and so did you. Thank you. Um, he splits the points uh, with with that penalty kick goal. And as we t- talked about, a, a, certainly a disappointing moment for every person wearing gold, but one where you look back maybe a day after and you say, eh, all right, given the balance of play, I guess I get it. Your thoughts? Yeah, and it was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was a situation where, um, you know, you look at the way that that, that that final call was made, and you can certainly understand, especially because Nashville SC had kind of taken the ball the other direction. We were well past... Um, you know, the allotted four minutes of stoppage time, you look at it and say, hey, now you're going to come back and give that penalty. But uh, it was deserved uh, by the letter of the law at the very least. And that's mm-hmm. something that um, when you look at how a game played out, that Nashville was was really never on the front foot. They had some opportunities um, that they that they didn't really convert or didn't really turn into serious danger on counterattacking uh, chances. But, you know, this this Nashville SC team is, is built to counterattack. And if you're going to be built to counterattack, you have to be a little bit more dangerous. And, and Gary Smith mentioned after the game that um, Jacob Schaffelberg wasn't quite what he has been in his first few games with Nashville SC in terms of turning those counterattacks into goals. And that's something that um, Nashville SC is going to need for these final three games. 
in our gold nuggets, we'll get into Nashville SC's penalty history, as there certainly was history um, in, in the game. It's the first Nashville SC game with three penalties given. Uh, Ellie Gox also had two in their favor a week ago, Chicharito scoring one and having one saved. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, of uh, penalty dominance for, for Galaxy or penalty luck. Uh, and, and Nashville and Charlotte each converted one in Charlotte's 4-1 wins. So there were two uh, two in that one. Uh, it is the first time this year that Joe Willis has saved a penalty and second time for Nashville SC. And we can give Chicharito all the grief in the world for things like the Paninka decision mm-hmm. he made last week. And we did, I think, in two separate segments of the show last week. Um, <laughs> this is this is also not the penalty take. We were proven right. We were proven right. We were we totally were. Been- by the fact we, that we, we, we saw this coming we saw this coming um we looked into our crystal ball and knew this was happening um you can and you can you can get on to chicharito and get it wasn't the penalty take of the year but joe willis got down and, and made a pretty hard play if there's more velocity on it it gets past him of course but willis read it well and made a really good stop to knock that one across the end line yeah and uh the other willis save historically of course was a very notable moment and what was sad is that he didn't give Chicharito the finger like he gave Brenner last year um, in Cincinnati. But, um, you know, this is this is a, a Nashville SC team that that hasn't faced a ton of penalties and hasn't been given a ton of penalties historically. So when it would it feel what feels like kind of a, a, a bolt of lightning sort of moment in, in seeing a penalty save is the sort of thing where. When this team has a, a more robust kind of body of work where you can see it from both directions, you understand it, it happens from time to time. It happens about, you know, 22% of the time that a penalty is either saved or missed. It's the first time. Um, sorry, Nashville City didn't face a penalty in 2020. They faced one for the first time um in 2021 it was that first printer penalty the successful one against nashville sc in the 2-2 draw with cincinnati at nissan stadium didn't attempt one uh until that the mls cup playoffs back in 2020 and then three penalties four in 2021 uh this year they they, they're a little back up closer to that league average uh for what is typical of eight two of them missed one from honey and one from of course Dax mccarty in, in the late moments in vancouver um they're tied with sixth in the league so i mentioned back toward the league average they're actually above the league average in uh in those penalties four um and uh, and honey let's talk about this for a sec you know obviously honey was a question mark on taking those penalties for a bit there he, he took a step mm-hmm. back and didn't take them for for a few games he seems to be really back into his rhythm after reworking his bk routine and it's a situation where this is a guy that um if, if you haven't googled.com to the MLS MVP standings, this is a guy that knows how to score. He knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. And it was, you know, we talk about small sample sizes. Boy, you just described how small the sample size is for Nashville SC's penalty history. And, um, you know, the fact that he had missed a couple um, is something that is going to happen. And now, the, now oh. the guy's made, I think, five straight, if I recall correctly. So these things kind of, you know, is it that Hani was actually bad or is it that there was just, you know, a weird situation where the, the luck of the draw came up against him twice um, early on in his history for Nashville SC. Either way, we, what we have seen and, and the way he took the penalty on Saturday afternoon, very confidently, very well-placed, very uh, powerful, exactly what you would want out of a penalty. You're seeing that this is a guy that has the ability and, and now is, is showing that he's going to be able to do it on a consistent basis. And he has done so. Uh, Nashville's going to be without Walker Zimmerman, who, of course, picked up that second yellow for the handball that led to the game-tying penalty. Uh, I think you you mentioned earlier, I agree with you, it is a penalty. Uh, The the hand is out from the body. He doesn't know anything about it, but the hand is there. Um, Do you agree with the yellow Mm -hmm. card that was given as well? 
So in the, I, I looked up the, the laws of the game um, as, as it was happening basically. And if, if the handball in the box is, is on a shot, it's essentially automatic. There was a question of whether uh, they can go back and, and give a yellow card on VAR because you can't give a yellow card for other situations on VAR. I think because that is a, like basically an automatic thing, you're allowed to, you're allowed to, or pro- possibly even required to give it in that situation. But in terms of 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 the rule, yes, it is the rule. Um, I would say it's more of a point of emphasis. The the language in the in the uh, the laws of the game says if it's in an unnatural position, that that you wouldn't arrive in just by the way you're moving, uh, and that that feels like in MLS especially, and, and in some leagues around the world, it's it's so okay if you're outside the frame of the body, and that's kind of the point of emphasis in officiating. And I wouldn't mind either saying hit your hand no matter where penalty or Outside of the frame of your body, no no exceptions. We've seen Nashville see not have one given because the guy was sliding on the ground and it hit his arm that was supporting his his body earlier in the year. Do not ask me which game it was. I don't remember. But that's the correct call. I would rather just say anything outside of the frame is penalty or is not penalty and have, yeah. have it just so much more clear. We don't need the discretion of, of what is a natural movement and what is not a natural movement. It turns it into, I know it's not a subjective analysis, but it can feel that way. And I guess in a way it is. It's up to personal discussion, referee interpretation. And I'm with you. Let's standardize it, even if it might lead to some unfair calls. At least they're predictable in nature. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. Um, And they're they're fair. They're fair if you don't need to interpret anything. And you do need to interpret right now what is a natural movement. That's, That's fair. Yeah. That too. Fair. Yeah. Using the word fair a lot. Uh, (laughs) Next up is Austin FC. Only the Galaxy draw separates Nashville from back-to-back games. Austin will play a midweek against RSL, and that's one to watch. Uh, Sebastian Driussi, Danny Pereira, Maxi Arruti, all would be suspended. Each would be suspended for the Nashville game if they get a yellow card in that match. So, you know, I think, you know, many of us would love to see the Hani versus Driussi part two, but those who are all in on Hani for MVP also might not mind seeing Driussi sit and not get that showcase game against against (laughs) Hani head-to-head after Hani outclassed him the first time around. Um, Johan Valencia will be out midweek for his yellow card accumulation. It's that time of year when you have to watch those landmines uh, for sure. Uh, looking at that Austin game, do you See, ex- Walker just made it obvious? It's it. <laughs> He's like, you don't have to. You don't have to sit there and count them. Two yeah. in one game. Is, Let's just go ahead and get that, that out of the way. Let's just go ahead and get it yeah. done. Yeah. Thanks, Walker. Appreciate that. Um, so, so no Zimmerman. We'll have to see who Austin has available, obviously, in that game. But but you would think this is an Austin team that's going to be motivated um, to reverse what happened in Nashville mm-hmm. at that point just two weeks prior. And it's a situation where we very obviously did not see the best out of Austin uh, when they visited Geodis Park. And um, but the situation, is, the realistic, uh, you know, the, the the situation when you look at a big picture is. Austin has been fading a little bit lately. Obviously, Nashville had been on a four-game win streak until this past weekend. And the nature of this league is that it's just so unpredictable. Yes, home field advantage is huge, and I think for Austin especially, um, they've been kind of poor on the road this year, but very good at home. You you, you lean Austin, and if, if you're a betting man, you're picking Austin in this one, but it's certainly not an insurmountable task for Nashville SC either. No, it's Even without Austin. Walker. No, it's an Austin team that's certainly not playing. It's it's best soccer of the season right now, and and we've seen them, you know, kind of exceed their xG so often this year. And now maybe that again, the numbers are coming back down for Austin as they come back up uh, for Nashville uh, after that game. You can likely find me at ML Rose again 
Uh, that's probably the time I make my return. It is a road match, but we record those at the stadium. And even then, Tim, even then, there is a chance that I will find some gold in that place because I think that's the beauty of ML Rose. It's not just a game day spot. It's an everyday place. And you and I have both been there on random lunch lunch times, uh, evenings. It is it is um, certainly it's versatile and not just for pregame. And so anybody who's thinking, oh, I'm just going to save it for game days, the offseason is almost here. You're really going to leave ML Rose for the entire offseason? Tim, I know I'm not going to. Yeah, when I first moved to Nashville, uh, a different ML Rose location was like basically the only thing I could walk to. <laughs> to. Yeah, it's uh, close. Sh- shout out to the nations for for exploding in the time since. So there's a lot of other stuff. And now uh, the 8th South uh, ML Rose has become my home ML Rose to a certain extent because of Nashville SC. And it's it's not a coincidence because I'm in the, in the vicinity that I'm going to go there. It is because it has become a Nashville SC place. I think if the stadium was, um, you know, in, in Mount Juliet by the other ML Rose, the ML Rose in eight South would still be a Nashville SC place. And that's, I think a big part of what has made it such a special place for us and why we're so happy to have them as our sponsor. ML Rose, eighth Avenue, great burgers, great beer, uh, great food and drink outside of those two realms as well. Drop by before uh, the next Nashville SC match. And if you decide to go after the Austin game, you might just, you might just see me there. Uh, into the mailbag now. Payancito. I don't know. The castle looked like Helms Deep at the end and Gandalf never came. Why? Uh, yeah. yeah, I understand. I understand that this is a, a Lord of the Rings reference. I believe it's even, I can I can somewhat confidently say it's from the second movie or I guess second book. I don't know if the book movie is a one-to-one correlation, but I have no idea what, I guess Gandalf comes and saves the day probably yeah. at the Battle of Helm's Deep, but yeah, <laughs> I don't, Lord of the Rings is not me. <laughs> and Gandalf is a wizard. I know that much. So for yeah. expecting, I think he rides on an eagle at some point. Yeah, I didn't see the eagles uh, uh, coming in. And I mean, if, if Gandalf is a wizard, you would expect some degree of wisdom and power. And while MLS referees certainly have power, the wisdom is not always there. So. <laughs> Um, there is that. I was in The Hobbit, I'm, by the way, in seventh grade. That's sorry. There was a Gandalf in that. That's all I got. <laughs> I was one of like the random people yeah. that didn't have many lines. Yeah, to, to assume to assume the soccer meaning of, the, of this reference, um, it looked like it looked like LA or LA Galaxy. Excuse me. Was was pouring it on late, and there was never that saving moment for Nashville SC. Mm-hmm. Which I think is 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 what the reference is being made, and the, the fact of the matter is. LA Galaxy, you know, their kids are on scholarship too, as I like to say. Uh, yeah, this is a really good team. They just added a dude who's a Barcelona homegrown. They had Chicharito on the field, although I no, I think he played until the very end. I don't remember. I'm not going to look at it. But this is, a, this is a team that is going to do that. Nashville C is not really built to, to kind of control the ball against a team like that late in the game. They're built to uh-huh. kind of draw those guys in and, and try to hit on the counter. And the issue is just that Nashville C didn't really hit on the counter, and, and so be it. Yeah, and if you take away the the penalties and look at the XG, LA Galaxy's above one, Nashville's below one, and when that happens, you think, you know what? I guess we'll take the draw. As disappointing as that is, and as as frustrating as a late concession certainly will be. Patron saint of coffee, why can't MLS force teams to guarantee that all broadcasts have an English audio option? We're able to sync up with the radio broadcast on our phone, but that shouldn't be necessary. Hey, patron, first of all, sync up, baby, let's go. I love it. And even when it's a, <laughs> a, a local TV call, look, Tony and Jamie do such a great job. I don't want to cannibalize them. So listen to them some, listen to us some on radio. But of course, in this case, um, it was uh, it was a, a TUDN Univision call, uh, which yeah. meant that Tony and Jamie were on radio. And I, you know, I, I in that case, it wasn't a team decision. It was a 
a national decision. It can say you go on Twitter, you're going to catch the English language on Twitter. And since you're tweeting at us, we know you have that capability, but that's not always. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's, you, you did mention the, the most important part, which is that this was a national decision. This was MLS. The, and this isn't just like a decision that they kind of fell into. This is a very conscious decision that they have made. Um, I believe there's a, a monetary partnership with, with Twitter as well, but the ratings for MLS games on English language television and the ratings for MLS games, especially LA Galaxy games on Spanish language television, uh, you know, if they have to make a choice between one or the other, uh, they, they the Spanish language television is an audience that they really needed to bring in um, when you're playing against a team that has Chicharito on it and you have a lot of Mexico national team fans tuning in, you know, from the United States. It's just a situation. It's going to happen. Um, it's not ideal for anyone, but, uh, if you have the SAP button on your, on your TV, you could, you could switch over. You could have heard, uh, you know, uh, Chris Whittingham and I don't remember who the other, uh, who the other commentator was, but there are those options, but it is a situation where, you know, MLS has these business decisions to make and has made them. Uh, they will not be making the same ones going forward because MLS is switching to Apple TV plus soon. So it's a situation that, that hopefully will not be an issue going forward. John Mueller asked about the referee decision and the and the second yellow, and I think you pretty much completely answered that one already about how that went about, how that process unfolded. So I think I think we're probably covered covered on that front now. Um, and then moving on to Mac Ten, aka says you can go ahead and make my question for the podcast, but what will it take for us to never see a five four one ever again? Uh for all you Gary out people, <laughs> this, this is the question for you because Gary Smith is going to have the five four one as an occasional uh, art option. I mean, he would he would call it a, a three four three more likely, or a, or a five three two is, is something that they'll go to. But a five four one is going to be a late game, you know, kill the clock option. Uh, obviously, Jack Mayer is a is a good player. Bringing him on uh, and taking off an attacker late in the game is is more often than not going to pay off. And I think when you look yeah. at how Nashville SC ended up losing the game. It was not a run of play. It was not anything that had to do with the formation. It was a ball hitting a dude's hand in the box. And, and that ball was not going anywhere towards the back of the net. Joe Willis had it covered. I believe if it hadn't hit Walker in the hand, there was another uh, Nashville SC defender right behind him. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it either. You know, before Shaq Moore was signed, I talked about how excited I was for him to sign because they'd go back to this back four that I am so much more in favor of. But I do understand uh, why it is not only uh, a sometimes uh, a starting formation, but certainly late in the game, it it makes sense. Sometimes, sometimes it's bad luck. It's not going to be pretty, <laughs> whether you add another goal in the end or yeah. or absorb pressure and, and hold on or don't hold on. It's not going to be pretty, but it's effective. Effective, exactly. And yeah, I think you know it's also move made in the eighty first minute. It's not like this was a decision that that was made in yeah. the fiftieth. You know, I, yeah. I, I think. You know, if if you do go for that second goal and you concede in a game when you've been out possessed and you've been outshot, then people are saying, "How stupid are you? Put a guy, an extra guy in there yeah. and protect." Well, I and I think the five four one is is you know if, if we're if we're calling it that again, it could be it yeah. could be a five three two whatever, but uh, it's it's a formation where you have more ability to continue going forward without giving up stuff at the back. If you stay in the back four and try to score, it's a much bigger issue than, than going to a back five and, and continuing to try to counter. It gives you more options to stay very compact at the back while still having the opportunity to counter. 
Yeah, great point. Uh, let's head outside in and look around Major League Soccer as we promised. And uh, our mailbag question for you is to help us find a hashtag for our extended around uh, outside in segment <laughs> to look at the playoff picture. So there, have at it, guys. Um, first off, Portland makes a run at the table at Minnesota's expense. They get a one nil lead uh, win, and that knocks Minnesota down to six. The Timbers are in fifth now. If the playoffs started tomorrow. Nashville will play Portland in that first round game. Minnesota's lost three straight. Hadn't scored in any of them. As you look at the playoff picture and you see LA Galaxy's game in hand, I know that RSL are behind Minnesota in the standings, but do the Loons look like the most at-risk team right now with how things are trending and, and the way they're playing? Uh, I, you know, you look at, <laughs> at the way the scoreboard is going, and it's obviously something that uh, does not feel super great uh, up in St. Paul. But as as we so often talk about, one, small sample size, and two, uh, you know, what the underlying stats say, and it's a situation where they haven't been good, but they haven't been terrible. Um, they have put themselves in a position where a little bit of bad luck could knock them out of the playoffs for sure. I think uh-huh. Portland is another team that has that ability as well. Obviously, they gave themselves a little bit of cushion with that win over Minnesota. But um, somebody asked me, um, I believe it, I believe it was on the NSC Discord. Uh, shout out to to friend of the pod, Alex Hamill as well. Um, but I, I, it was, was a draw or a Portland win better there? Um, and I think a Portland win actually is what Nashville wanted. So yep. yeah, from that, from that perspective, um, it, it does mean that there's, there's one more point out there for those teams to get, but Minnesota has a game in hand on Nashville still. So um, that's a, a situation where having that game in hand can help them kind of overcome some of this weakness too, because they have one more chance to accumulate points. Dallas makes a statement by, by beating LAFC, a brace from Jesus Ferreira um, to overcome LAFC, which went down a man 13 minutes in. They hold a three point lead over Nashville. And they play San Jose, Colorado, and SKC up next. So they feel like they're in a really safe place, Tim, to be at least chalked into that third seed. Maybe a question mark on the board next to second as they're coming up on Austin. Do you, do you agree with that assessment? You feel like they're a top three team pretty safely right now? I think because of the the um, the way that the season has played out and you see how Austin is playing right now, there's a finishing kick in here for Austin. I think is is a big part. So I, second is is a little bit risky. Yeah. I also think I also think Dallas, while they have been very good this year, uh, they have not had the sort of consistency. And I think you look at San Jose, Colorado, Sporting Kansas City, and say win, win, win. But this has been a this has been a Dallas team that drops dumb points while while they then go and get really impressive ones like this win against LAFC. So uh, I, I would very lightly chalk them in into third but there's there's still uh, enough soccer to be played that it's not something that i'm super confident about meanwhile the playoff line remains six points below nashville but galaxy have those six points in hand courtesy of two extra games left on the schedule only one of their final uh, five games is against a team in playoff position and that's seventh place salt lake so you know la is 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 still right there looming because nashville couldn't finish the job and, and that bears the question then of how nashville sc supporters should feel sitting in fourth Still kind of looking up the table and, and seeing that they can finish pretty high, but that playoff line is still just not not as far away as, as fans would like. Yeah, because of because of Saturday's draw versus a win, which Nashville was so close to getting, it was a situation where Nashville could have uh, controlled its own destiny to finish fourth because LA has those two games in hand, and the Galaxy would make up tiebreakers if they do catch Nashville SC on points. So Nashville only controls its destiny to finish in fifth. Obviously, that does not uh, guarantee you a home playoff game. Teams are going to drop points that we don't expect. Teams are going to, you know, they will most likely, if they were to go 3-0 these final three games, they would finish above fifth. But it is a situation where we've talked about um, reducing your margin for error. 
And LA Galaxy took away some of Nashville's margin for error because they can still have uh, the, the opportunity to control their destiny to pass Nashville in these final uh, five games for them. A random old dude walked up to us in downtown Chalice, Idaho, which is as close to a traditional Western town as I've ever been to. And he was talking to the guys about their Porsches and all the ones he used to own. And he used to live in Southern California and all this money. And somebody said, well, then what are you doing up here in the mountains of Idaho? And he paused and he goes, eh, chilling. So he's hiding <laughs> from something. I feel like that's Nashville right now, or, or maybe even LA Galaxy. They're just kind of chilling right below that playoff line. Mm-hmm. But they're going to sneak up on somebody, I think, and Nashville supporters hope that it's not them. Uh, meanwhile, going out east, Philly passes LAFC for supporter shield uh, by virtue of their continued success and LA's loss. Um, and then the other storyline in the east, and NYCFC, uh, one point in their last five games, they're losing 1-0 to Charlotte. I mean, have they done enough to feel okay finishing anywhere but sixth or seventh or above that now? But they continue to trend in a, in a negative direction. Everyone below them has at least a game in hand. And I wonder, Tim, if they're the biggest second-half disappointment this year, with the caveat, of course, manager no tati castellanos yeah yeah that's what i was going to say tati castellanos may very well have a late uh push for mls mvp in him here and i think you could uh probably say that nick cushing has a a, a pretty late case for definitely getting uh the interim tag uh to come off of him at the end of the year because he's been fired not, not because he's been named the full-time manager but it is a situation where nycfc's collapse is it's something that they've seen before when they've changed managers midseason, honestly, and the way they play, it makes sense that that happens sometimes because they are such a, an intricate and well-drilled machine, but it's, it's tough. They, they've been the team that I, that I, you know, I pumped them up all last year saying, Hey, they're, they're underachieving their underlying stats and they're going to do really well in the playoffs. As always, I have to shout myself out when I look smart this year, this year, they look like they're doing the exact opposite and they're just going down, down, down if they make the playoffs at this, at this point, uh, it, they aren't going far. Yeah. It's wild to see that, but again, understandable in, in the league with the schedule that runs concurrent or not, does not run concurrent to too much of the rest of the world. You're going to lose guys at awkward times and you're going to lose games as a result. Um, heading to the final whistle now content recommendations. Mine is, is easy, you know, and, and it's, it's born of the fact that I was listening, you know, to the radio call of, of the game and, and from, uh, 2000 miles away. Um, and it also goes against my interest to say this, I guess, a little bit. Uh, Tony Husband and Jamie Watson, <laughs> anything they do on air. Like, we obviously don't know a lot about what the MLS media landscape will look like um, next year um, in Nashville. Uh, you know, Apple TV is taking over. They're going to be national broadcasters. We don't know who's going to get chosen, all that stuff. While we have Tony and Jamie to enjoy in this town, enjoy the heck out of them. They are good. They are national caliber. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love it when you listen to radio. Please, please, please keep doing that. That's great. Um, but, but I have to put in a plug for Tony and Jamie as well. So whether it's, you know, listening to radio, recording the match and listening back, more likely more of you watching on TV than radio. That's how it goes. Um, but, but really would, would absolutely love um, for you guys to give them um, as much listening time as you can while they're still in town. They're just exceptional. Yeah, and, and Jamie uh, has also done a very good job uh, on the U.S. Open Cup broadcast. Obviously, the U.S. Open Cup ended last week, but um, he was he was there basically throughout that tournament and, and did an outstanding job there. It's not just because he knows Nashville super well or, or Minnesota or the, the various places <laughs> he played and people he played for, but uh, yeah, awesome, awesome dudes, both of them, and, and very, very good at their job. Uh, my content recommendation is going to be very short. Um, it is the Scuffed Weekend Playbill. Uh, I, I don't think I've shouted it out since the European season has begun. Uh, but every weekend, uh, I, I don't really care that much about 
about uh, the 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 individual teams of any European league, but being able to follow U.S. men's national team prospects by by opening up a, a tweet from from at scuffedpod on Twitter is is awesome, and I, I know exactly where to find um, you know the guys that um, the, the Jordan P. Fox of the world who who used to play in the Swiss league and, and is, is now in the Bundesliga. You can find him in the Swiss league by, by following the instructions on the scuff playbill. So that's always something that has been super useful to me. So uh, it's, it's really easy. It's just, it's like a, a chart that you have to read. It's, it's going to take you two seconds to look it out. So good. It is so good. Aesthetically pleasing and, and easy to look at. I highly recommend it as well. And, that's and a hidden great jokes, call. hidden jokes in there from, from Greg Velasquez as well. Sometimes. Fantastic. Keep, an eye out for that. That's really good stuff. Uh, well, guys, thanks for listening. Short episode. We got more awesome stuff coming for you. We like to throw in occasionally a bonus episode or two, especially down the stretch run. Hint, hint. Keep listening, and uh, we might have might have something for you in the near future. Um, Tim, any final thoughts before we head out today? No, I, I just want to be the one to tell everyone to follow us on Twitter uh, at West Bowling TN at Club Country USA. Rate, review, subscribe. Every podcast says it. I know this. But seriously, do it for ours. I don't care if you follow the instructions of every other podcast out there. Do it for ours. Thank you. Guys. Just don't do it for anybody else's. Do it for ours and then see what type of time you have left for the other. <laughs> I, um, I'm not even saying don't. I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's not my issue. <laughs> Knock it out first. Great reviews from, from all but like one of you. So thank you for, for all that. And the one of you will talk. Um, thanks to MLRS for the sponsorship, Moon Taxi for the music, and 440 <laughs> Sports Network for giving us the ability to talk about um, this team, especially at such a pivotal time of the year. And we will talk to you next week. And yeah. Maybe keep an eye out in case it might be a little bit sooner. We'll talk to you soon.